History of Armenia podcast series. Episode 15. In the last episode, we talked about the period of rule by Vahan Mamikonian during the latter half of the 5th century when Persian province of Armenia was finally allowed to enjoy some peace after decades of religious persecution and war. In this episode, we will talk about the developments in the first half of the 6th century, when following the death of Vahan Mamikonian, Armenian provinces once again became the fighting ground for Byzantine-Sassanid rivalry. The following account about the Persian conflict with the Byzantine Empire is taken from a prominent 6th century Byzantine historian Procopius of Caesarea. Another source that was our primary reference for this period is from a narrative source book by Geoffrey Greatrex and Samuel Liu called The Roman Eastern Frontier and Persian Wars. Let's begin by discussing the Byzantine-Persian relationship. As we have mentioned in previous episodes, Byzantium and Sassanid Persia had been able to reach a 50-year peace agreement between each other. However, this truce came to an end and triggered a chain of wars between the neighboring great powers. Here is how that happened. In 488, the Sassanid throne was seized from Balash by his nephew Kavad. The latter was successful in doing so due to the help of the Hephthalites from the east of the empire. As a token of appreciation, of course, Kavad had to pay them a tribute. One source that Kavad hoped to get money from was the Byzantine emperor Anastasius I. However, Anastasius refused to cooperate, and Kavad, not pleased by the rejection, assembled a war party and marched eastward, along with some Hephthalite leaders. Kavad probably sought to pay off his debt by promising his leaders the plunder gained from invading Byzantine cities. The resulting conflict became known as the Anastasian War that took place between 502 and 507. The first targets were Armenian territories, following by Byzantine city Amida, the current city of Diyarbakir in Turkey, which was former Tigranagird. After the siege, which lasted for several months, the city was finally taken under Persian control. According to the leading Armenian historiographer of the era, 7th century bishop Sebeos, the capture of Amida was led by the younger brother of Vahan Mamikonian, Vart, who was also known as Vart Patrik, as he held the Roman title of Patrikios for his previous service as the commander of the forces in the Byzantine province of Armenia. Many Byzantine attempts to regain the city were doomed to failure. Finally, an agreement was reached that satisfied both of the parties. The Roman side agreed to pay a large sum of gold to Kavad, who agreed to pull out. The skirmishes continued on and off until 506, when a temporary peace agreement was reached that lasted only for six years. Despite the peace, though, tensions remained high because Anastasius began building new cities and fortifications right by the Persian-Armenian border. In the end, Kavad got what he wanted, the money with which he would pay the Hephthalites. Overall, Armenian territories did not undergo major changes besides some degree of looting. 
Kavat also recognized Vart Mamikonian as the successor of his brother Vahan as the new Marspan of Armenia. However, soon after, in 510, deposed him and for the next decade, Armenia was once again under the rule of appointed Persian Marspans. It was only in 518 that the Marspanet once again returned to an Armenian noble, that being Majesh I from the noble house of Kanuni, who according to the 12th century Armenian historian Samuel Anetsi, ruled over Armenia during the ne- next three decades. Those three decades saw a renewed wave of Byzantine-Sassanid conflict. However, Majesh was able to shield Armenia from religious persecution as Kavat feared that such an action might drive Armenians to join the Byzantines. The next confrontation between Byzantium and Persia became known as the Iberian War of 524 to 525. The cause of this war was a campaign of Zoroastrian conversions in Iberia. Consequently, the Iberian king Guaram or Gurgen I requested help from Byzantine Emperor Justin I. After several attempts, Justin was able to employ the Huns to fight alongside the Iberian king Gurgen against a possible Persian attack. However, the Persian attack was so devastating that Gurgen's army did not survive and the Georgian nobility fled to the northwest of Iberia, current-day Abkhazia. Justin I did not quit and made several minor offensives into Persian Armenia to weaken the Persian front into the, in the south of Iberia. At the same time, Kavat took advantage of weakened Iberian ruling class and bullying them further north and kept the eastern border of Byzantium busy with minor attacks. These skirmishes with Kavat were inherited by Justin's successor Justinian I in 527. He was one of the most prominent emperors of Byzantium. Fights would arise, for example, due to a construction of a Byzantine fortress that was extremely close to the Persian border. One of those battles became known as Battle of Satala of 528. As Procopius writes, the Battle of Satala involved the Persian general Mermeroes, or Meher Mehero, who led an army composed of Armenians, Huns, and Alans against the Byzantine Armenia. The top commander of Roman Armenia at the time was a general named Cetas, whose residence was in mainland Byzantium. At first, the Romans surprise attacked and sacked the Persian-Armenian camp located in Theodosiopolis, today's Erzurum. According to Procopius, the Byzantine army was outnumbered by several times. Nonetheless, it defeated the Persian army and pushed it back. Several local Armenian leaders were deported into mainland Byzantium. Negotiations started, then failed, then resulted in another battle, that of Kalinikum in 531, now in northern Syria. The battle resulted in heavy losses on both sides. Kavad, however, did manage to claim heavy penalties from Justinian. Finally, when Kavad died, Justinian closed a peace deal with Kavad's son. Khosrow I in 532, where the latter was paid a large sum of money. Both Khosrow I and Justinian I have been celebrated rulers of their empires. The Orthodox Church later canonized Justinian as a saint. Also, Justinian set forth a goal 
to unify the territories of all the Roman Empire. Meanwhile, under Khosrov I, Persia underwent significant developments in science, art, and culture, as well as infrastructure. Despite the fact that he had settled a peace agreement with Justinian, he was conscious of the former's intentions to unify Rome. Khosrov kept in touch with Gothic leaders, and he knew that sooner or later, once Justinian was done eliminating the Gothic threat from the west, he was going to turn back to Persia. This was why it was in Khosrov's interests to coordinate simultaneous attacks on Byzantium from east, while Goths were striking from northwest. Khosrov began pushing eastward at 540. He successfully put down rebellious forces in Armenia and carried on north towards Lassica, modern-day autonomy of Abkhazia and Georgia. Lassica was a buffer between Persian-held Georgia and Byzantium. Many of these battles were in decisive proxy wars conducted by Armenians and Georgians amongst themselves on behalf of either Byzantium or Persia. After 22 years of battles, in 562, Latsika gained relative independence from both Byzantium and Persia in exchange for yearly payments to Khosrov as a result of a 50-year peace agreement. It is important to understand that the majority of the remaining Armenian noble families and Nakharars were located in the Persian Armenia, even though they still identified themselves as direct predecessors of Arsacid family they were now politically aligned more with the Sassanids. This is interesting because just before Sassanid takeover of Persia in 224, Arsacids were loyal to their Parthian brother dynasty. Armenian Arsacids radically shifted their alliance towards Rome as soon as Sassanids overthrew Parthian Arsacids. Thus, Armenian nobility remained loyal to Romans throughout 3rd, 4th and most of the 5th centuries albeit within Persian dominion. It seems that several events alienated most of the Armenian nobility from Byzantium starting at the second half of the 5th century. One aspect that possibly paved the way for more close Armenian-Sassanid ties was the fact that Vahan achieved freedom of religious practice, so Armenians were not as pressed as they used to be by the Sassanids. Next, it seems like the non-stop attacks on Persia at the Armenian border alienated Armenians from the Byzantines. Many of these wars and battles were done not by the Persians themselves, but rather by Persian-controlled Armenians and Georgians who would attack Byzantine borders and then in turn get devastated by the Roman army. This proxy war between Sassanid Persia and Byzantium was one of the factors that alienated the traditional Roman inclination of Armenian noble families. The final point is that Justinian was gradually reorganizing the governing body within Western Armenia, such that many former Armenian governors or satrapies were replaced by Byzantine ones. For example, in 528, a new military post was created, Magister Militum per Armeniam, and it dealt primarily with Armenian part of the empire. This was a military classification, and the general that was one rank below that of an emperor occupied this post. Another restructuring took place in 536, when former satrapies were reorganized into four provinces 
of Byzantine Armenia, which were named Armenia I, Armenia II, Armenia III, and Armenia IV accordingly. Armenia I included the prominent cities of Theodosiopolis, today's Erzurum. The former name of the city was Karin, and it was located in Armenia from the times of Tigran the Great until the division of Armenia in 387, when it fell under the Roman control and was renamed Theodosiopolis. The Armenian population, however, remained there for more than 1400 years, well until 1915. Another prominent city was Martyropolis that was located in Armenia IV province. This was a historical Tigranakert, established as a capital city by Tigran the Great in 69 BC. It is a present-day city of Diyarbakir in Turkey. These reorganizations, along with the others throughout that time, contributed to a loss of political ties, but also to an alienation between the two halves of Armenia. In the next episode, we will dive into the discussion about the second half of the 6th century, which was dominated by the events surrounding the Council of Davin and the revolt by the Armenian nobles that followed it.